This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Morning Majlis podcast. It's the Morning Majlis podcast. Story of self-determination, self-motivation and resilience in reaching new heights. One person in the studio has been reaching and scaling loads of heights and you cannot count them anymore it's just <laughs> countless it's about six of the top 14 peaks you can imagine uh, and all ab- above 8000 meters and we're very very kindly joined in the studios uh, by Nyla Kiani thank you for joining us and welcome to the morning matchless thank you so much for having me on your show great to hear from this now uh, Nyla I know this is a, a very common question that people would be asking you it's like how do you balance this you, you you've got a family here you're a banker you're a boxer uh and a mountaineer and you've continued to reach new heights apart from conquering K2 apart from conquering K- uh, Mount Everest you've decided to reach new heights and conquer more mountains what keeps you going so it was very hard initially i uh, you know kids my daughter was teething my daughter is actually quite small 2 and 4 uh so when i i mean i was actually quite guilty about leaving her initially she was 7 months uh but my family's absolutely fantastic they're very supportive um i just make time for mm. everything i want to do i i just you know i i we all know we will live only once and there's so many things i want to do mm. so i prioritize things i make time i worked as a project manager too so i use my career uh pr- professional skills in my personal life too uh it, it was hard don't get me mm. wrong it was very difficult because i was uh b- last year when i climbed k2 before that i was just you know physically getting sick so i you know i i then left my job and i'm looking into starting a business so yeah so i just you know uh, i i don't find time to do things i make time it's hard but this is what i like to do so i want to ask you nayla when did you start climbing and and what kind of training did you have to start in the beginning like well, uh, first of all um, if 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 it is okay for me to ask you at what age did you start climbing because i'm sure a lot of people right now are listening to their newbies or they want to start climbing and they think maybe it's too late to start at maybe at a certain age they're thinking oh this is too late for me to start i don't have the um the the, the uh, you know the physical um uh, you know the, the physicalities let's yeah. just say um so When did you start? That's my my first question and um what kind of training did you have to go through in the beginning? So I'm 37. Mm-hmm. I only started climbing when I was 35. So, you know, wow. a lot of people think Yeah, wow. So this is just Actually, recent. Very recent. I um I did my first trek 5 years ago and then, you know, COVID uh started and I had a plan during COVID didn't happen, but actually I started my first peak was 2 years ago and that was my uh, first 8000 meter peak. So, you know, when they say age is just a n- number, mm. I actually truly believe that because 35 is actually especially in our culture in Pakistan, you know, it's you're expired <laughs> yeah. to do anything uh, apart from your, you know, house or if you have a career. Um so uh, but I've been an athlete mm, not most of my life, but I I uh, was an amateur boxer. Uh, I started amateur boxing uh, about 13 years ago. Um, so I was into sports I enjoyed doing different activities so boxing helped me with mountaineering mm. uh and I pursued it because I was uh, when I did my first trek I went up to 5600 meters and I was naturally quite good at it I mm. was also helping the locals who are from the high altitude so so yeah 
it's not too late. Whoever wants to start mountaineering or trekking, you know, they can join a hiking club. They can join a trekking group or they can just find hikes near where they live and see and then try. So hiking is one day um, uh, sort of walk. And then trekking is when it involves uh, camping at least for one one day. So try that. See Mm -hmm. if it's for you because, you know, you might be uh, you might be interested, but you might not, not like Living in the tents or cold environments. Uh, so, yeah, so try it. And there's so much around us. I mean, Fajera has got some great hiking places as well. I'd like to ask you, though, you, you touched on the difficulties of balancing, you know, your family life and the mountaineering life. But let's talk about how it is balancing your corporate role as well as uh, um, going on these long trips of, of mountaineering. How has that been? Has it been easy or have you found some difficulties there? It, it was very difficult for sure. And the reason why... Um, I mean, like I said, I felt guilty even sharing this uh, af- uh, last year, for example, or two years ago mm. when I uh, left my seven months daughter. I mean, she was in good hand. I knew she was safe. I knew my whole family was there to support. So that's why mm. I left her. But the main reason was maternity leave. I wanted to use my maternity leave because it's not easy to get four to six weeks off uh, uh, from uh, work yeah yeah so so that's that was one of the reasons and then last year uh, like i said uh, my toddler was teething i had sleepless nights and i used to work nine to five or you know sometime even longer but what i did was either train uh, during the break lunch break or train once my kids were asleep or i used to tra- take my kids to training oh, wow. to spend time so I'm not taking you know I'm, I was working from home a lot at, uh, most of the time yeah, during yeah. that time but I didn't want to not give time to my kids mm. because I was working or training so I made sure I spent time with my kids too and I, I, I did a lot of my own things when the kids were asleep and it was hard it, I mean but I had a goal. I, I, I uh, during that time I was getting sick every three to four weeks, which wasn't ideal for my, you know, mm-hmm. performance. But I had a goal, and I, I, I didn't want to not do it because I had work or kids or other responsibilities. So mm. somehow I just made that happen. And, and to be honest, I don't want to go back in, uh, yeah. Yeah. that time and repeat that. But uh, yeah. that's one reason why I left my full-time corporate job recently. And I'm looking into starting a business and it might be hard, but at least I can make it, I'll be flexible. Mm-hmm. I can work around my kids yeah, or yeah. Uh, training, etc. Surely it can't be as hard as climbing all these 8,000 <laughs> meter peaks. Now I've got to ask you this, because, you know, it's not like that you trained for a marathon and you ran a marathon. This is climbing world's dangerous mountain as well, K2. It's deadly, yeah. Um, can we hear some, some scary parts? Were, were there any parts we think, Gosh, what yeah. decision have I just made yeah. made right now? Uh, were there any sort of very scary parts where you thought, oh my God, I could have just lost my life right now? I uh, yes, okay, not exactly. I I mean, I didn't think I'd lose my life right now, but I was scared a few times on okay. this year, last year that I. What if I don't go back to my children? Yeah. What if something bad mm. happens? Actually, no, I just remembered <laughs> Everest. Everest okay. is considered an easy 8,000 meter peak. It, it was not easy. Yeah. And especially this year because it was much colder. So True. because of climate change, uh, spring wasn't as warm as it used to be. So it was 5 to 10 degrees colder. So, I mean, living in Dubai, or I'm from Rawalpindi in Pakistan, it's still quite hot. 
there so i i mean i hate cold but <laughs> i somehow manage it uh, but everest is not known for rockfall so once we're going from camp 2 to camp 3 that basically me- means we're going from 6000 to 7000 meters and we had hundreds of rocks f- falling down on us and i mean it was the scariest thing ever because I climbed K2 last year. K2 mountain is the second mountain. It's very challenging. Mm-hmm. Second highest mountain. Very challenging mountain and it's known for uh, rockfall. I didn't see that on K2 or Annapurna or any other mountain. So literally we were, you know, it's very hard to even walk there, but uh, we had to, on the rope, we had to jump right, left, up, down, just to dodge the rocks. After a few seconds, I thought, this is it, I'm done. I'm, uh, this, <laughs> I, I, we'll all be dead. But I don't know, somehow we all managed to dodge the rocks because they were not very close to each other. So that was scary. And on top, I used oxygen on top and and I had a guide and I couldn't see my guide. My guide was, so we. I was the first, I don't know if you read, I was the first uh, international climber yes. who reached Everest this year. So it was just me and my guide and he got really excited because usually <laughs> we see this picture of uh, Everest top with hundreds of people mm. queue um, uh, behind each other. And uh, so he was very excited taking videos and I, uh, I thought my oxygen running really low. So I panicked. It was 8,400 meters, I think. I panicked. I thought, this is it. I'm going to die. I think also at that height, you actually worry more than usual. And a lot of people, you know, they uh, hallucinate. Yeah. So I, I didn't see him for 20 minutes or so. So I panicked and then he came. I was still, my legs were shaking. And then Hillary's steps uh, is a difficult section. And there's a, I saw somebody's legs, a dead body, right. legs sticking out. And I thought that's it. I, I may not be able to reach the top, but I kept thinking about my daughters and kept saying mm-hmm. to myself, I actually repeated, not today, not today. Today's not the day I'll die. Wow. And I, yeah, and some, that's how I calm myself down. So, uh, Laila, summiting the Annapurna, for example, which is just over 8,000 meters, that's a lot. That's uh, massive. How long does that journey take? Or took you at least. So any 8,000 meter peak, it takes uh, from four average, on average, four to six weeks because of weather also. I mean, we have to climatize slowly. So uh, on 8,000 meter peaks, oxygen reduces slowly. Mm. 8,000 meter, uh, uh, the region above 8,000 is called death zone because oxygen is so low, we can't survive there for so long. So we have to slowly acclimatize, go up to 5,000, 6,000, sleep, come down. Uh, so all that process plus, because we have to wait for the good weather, it takes four to six weeks. How so long did it take you? took me just under four weeks. Wow. No, no I, have to, I have to ask you because you talked about uh, when your legs were shaking, you didn't see your guide for 20 minutes. It all sounds, and the rocks falling, it all sounds incredibly stressful. I, I feel like I'm starting to sweat <laughs> listening to it. Can you tell me what, what makes you want to do this? Um, this year was much harder. I, I climbed three peaks this year, two mm. peaks last year, and one peak two years ago. Mm. This one was harder because mainly because of cold. Um, because I just think I'm not you. <laughs> I don't enjoy cold. Um, when I was climbing this year, I actually honestly thought to myself, why am I doing t- this to myself? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is pure suffering. But actually the views, the excitement when you ac- reach the top, when you come down mm. and then the messages I get. I mean, first peak I climbed was for myself. It was my own passion. 
but I started getting messages from a lot of girls in Pakistan that my story that I'm a married woman, two kids, I have a full-time job, I do, I started it as a hobby. It inspired a lot of women. So that actually inspired me to continue doing it. Amazing, yeah. Um, so I, that's one reason, but I think mentally, I physically, I'm, I would say I'm average mm. fit, but mentally I'm super strong. I <laughs> do, you, do you think that now that you, with the responsibility of having kids as well, do you think that might play on your mind a little bit when you're doing these mountaineering trips? Uh, having that responsibility back home do you find that the you know maybe you've it's that pressure that added pressure rather than just being on yourself you know uh, it definitely is uh, uh, i mean to be honest when i climb i have mixed uh, mixture of emotions yeah i feel scared that what if i something happens then it will be a very selfish thing to do as a mother but at the same time, I feel like nothing will happen. So it's it's very strange. Uh, I feel very strange when I climb. But I think overall, because of my girls, they're very small. Mm. Uh, they actually give me strength rather than they, uh, uh, they're not my weakness. Because uh, like I said, every single time when I was scared, every single time I thought of them and I told myself, mm. I will not make a mistake because, you know, any... Uh, anything can happen there, but I will not make a mistake from yeah. my side. So I, I really use them as my strength. Oh, amazing. So, Nyla, you've reached the peak of the peaks, if <laughs> I may say. What's next for you? So I am um, plan. I, I mean, I wasn't... I, I, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to climb all 14 or not, mm. but I want to climb as many as I can whilst my husband has given me... Yeah. Uh, uh, green light? Go. <laughs> yeah, green light, because <laughs> it usually takes me seven, eight, nine months to get him to agree. Last year was hard. <laughs> the year before was really hard. This year was also hard, but now that he's seen me, I was the fastest climber to reach Everest too, and he's seen my videos, so he's a bit more confident. So he said, do as many as you want this year because I he, he can't oh. have me go away wow. every year. This is the final year to do so. Wow. I mean, it's very interesting you, you, you brought him up as well. Uh, is, uh, I just came across a fun fact. That, did you organize a wedding near the, near the base camp as well, is, is, if we're <laughs> not mistaken? So I had a photo shoot at K2 Base, okay. a wedding photo shoot. Okay. I was meant to have a wedding uh, celebration, small one. Okay. Because, I mean, in our culture, we have massive yes, weddings. Exactly. Yes, And I hate the idea of big weddings <laughs> and sitting in front of stage yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. getting pictures taken. So, uh, after our Islamic wedding, we uh, I convinced my husband to not have the big wedding and go to K2 base camp and oh, have wow. uh, a celebration or pictures taken. He couldn't make it, but I I mean, he convinced me to go. That was just before our kids. So, he said, it's... it's um, we may you may not be able you might not uh, uh, be able to go for a, a adventure like this after we have kids so go now and have your pictures taken so i had my pictures taken and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we have to give a little shout out to your husband. He sounds yeah, a, he sounds incredible. It How? takes seven nine months to get him approved to get the approval. This is <laughs> yeah. longer than any embassy yeah. would ever approve any sort of uh, <laughs> an application. <laughs> wow! How, how important or, or how incredible has your husband been to make the, you you be able to go on these mountaineering trips? So um, before the expeditions, he's been very difficult. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But during the expeditions, he's been very, very absolutely fantastic. Very good support, and and uh, I mean this year was even uh, better because <laughs> um, 
I mean, he helped me with other things that I, that I didn't expect him to do. But I think it's very important. And I, my story in Pakistan uh, got highlighted because of the fact that my family's been very supportive. Because mm-hmm. that's something that's lacking overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'd like to give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's his name? Let's, let's give him a Khaled shout. Khaled Raja. Khaled Raja, thank you very much for yeah. encouraging <laughs> And Naila to, to, to conquer and reach these new heights. It, it is an absolute uh, honor for the country, I'd say, because, you know, you rightly pointed out the culture um, and, and, and the fact that she said that you started two years ago and people believe that you know, if you hit a certain age, that's it. Your job is only to look after your household and no, nothing, mm. nothing else. Uh, but you still kept it going. It really is uh, very motivating and, and, and nice and to see. And symbolic in every single way. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I've got to highlight this. That you said that you're from Rawalpindi, which is very next to the capital, um, twin city of the capital. It's not a mountainous city. I mean, close to mountains. Who was your role model to say, do you know what? I've got to do this and I've, I've got to try becoming like this individual. Um, I didn't have a role model when I started. So when I did my track, when I went for the photo shoot, uh, before that I watched Everest, actually, okay. Everest movie. And I was like, why are these yeah. people? <laughs> They're crazy. They're <laughs> risking their lives for just to reach the top yeah. what do they get out of it yeah yeah uh, and and i'm sure a lot of people think that about me now but once you do it once you feel once you are uh, feel it once you're in nature once you see the clouds above the mountains at a certain height uh, to be honest it's just it it is very addictive it was the climbers i met at k2 base camp uh, they inspired me to think about it right and uh, and I, I i met very i met amazing pakistani climbers who are unsung heroes who you know they they're mm. the porters who take climbers like us up there they take our heavy stuff they don't get highlighted it was speaking to them and why they do it that inspired me so i won't say there's one role model uh, a few people inspired me to think about climbing okay yeah because you met the sadpara family as well uh, yes. didn't you so so I mean, one of them uh, sadly lost his life, uh, a very well-known climber uh, over in K2. So it must have been sort of something that that you hold as a passion to say, you know what, these guys are real heroes, aren't they? Absolutely. And a lot of them don't get uh, highlighted until sadly they die. Mm-hmm. So they get um, uh, fame or acknowledgement from the government after their death. So that's what we're trying to do. Uh, so that they get some sort of highlight bef- during whilst they are alive. And another highlight to remember is that you've been nominated to receive Sitare Mtiaz. Yes. Uh, uh, can you talk to us about how proud you are to receive it and, and the family as well? Uh, when I came down from Everest and Lhotse, so I climbed two peaks together. I, you know, I just somebody messaged me. A couple of people messaged me Sitare Mtiaz. I thought Sitara means star, so I thought they were calling me star. But when I started getting the news, uh, because government announced it through media, I mm. was shocked, to be honest. I wow. only just uh, uploaded this, I mean, uh, shared this news on my social media two weeks after the actual announcement because I just didn't believe it. I didn't think I deserve it. I think this is what we do as a woman. Sometimes mm. we doubt our own abilities, uh, but it slowly started sinking in and I'm very proud and honored that mm. government is, is I, I think through me they actually acknowledging um, uh, they accepting that mountaineering mm. is a sport because mountaineering yeah. does not get any any uh, any promotion highlight nothing 
uh, in Pakistan. So, uh, so it, I, I, I'm happy that this is one of the first steps that government is recognizing mountaineering as a Amazing. sport too. Great. Now, uh, lastly, I'd like you to speak to the uh, the young listeners out there, young Pakistani girls as well, who'd be thinking that you know, I, you know, there's certain restrictions, cultural norms, uh, and societal expectations that they can't pursue mountaineering, they can't pursue uh, their goals or, or whatever they've got there in their mind, any field. What would your message to young Pakistani girls be today? So I always say, I mean, even me, I, I, I told you five years ago when I did my wedding photo shoot at K2 Basecamp, my husband said, and I also said, okay, let's just do it now. My husband can't make it. I'll, I can go alone uh, because I will not be able to do this ever again after having kids. So these were the, how, how do you say the English term, uh, the self limitation beliefs okay that we impose on ourselves or society impose on ourselves mm. so we don't even think mm. we we it's like a blind spot that we can't we think that we cannot do certain thing because uh or, or of either ourselves or what will people say True. so i think we really need to uh, stop thinking about what we cannot do if there's a goal we want to do if there's a passion whether it's a career whether it's a hobby I think we just we should just you know go for it and uh, one of our problem as Pakistani women is uh, permission from parents oh, or yes. in-laws or husband. Honestly, even I I, I don't I did never thought my husband would I'd get his agreement. I won't say permission, <laughs> but I would get his agreement. But you just if you are passionate, just keep yeah. you know keep uh, uh, keep going keep going and you'll find ways to uh, get them to get your family to agree on what you want to do exactly well i think this i hope this has been a very motivating conversation yeah. and got, get everyone excited i'm sure now we'll all hope to pursue our goals and dreams and and make the most of the time uh, that we have uh, here in 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 this world as well thank you very much for joining us naila kiani uh, it, so it was a, it was an honor for us to to hear yeah. from you it's and an honor for me to be with you all yeah, very motivational yeah. i feel like i need to go and do something today <laughs> climb a mountain or something at least Yes, of course. Jabal Hafid for you to start yeah. things off with. Why not? Yeah. Um, well, Naila Kiani, once again, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 7 a.m.